Who was Isaiah? Why, he was a very great prophet. Now, we often hear about prophets in the Bible, don't we? And at other times, we talked about lots of these prophets, about Elijah and Elisha and Daniel and Jonah and other prophets. We've also talked before about what a prophet is, haven't we? Do you remember what a prophet is? Yes, a prophet is a person to whom the Lord spoke and told something, and then that person, that prophet, was to tell other people what the Lord had said to him. But today, let's talk about only one prophet, the great prophet Isaiah. But again, who was Isaiah? Well, to start with, Isaiah was the first of the four prophets in the Bible whom we call the major prophets. Major meaning bigger. The four major prophets all wrote long books that are in the Bible, books named after them. Do you remember who the four major prophets are? Yes, the four major prophets are Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Other times, we'll talk about each of the other three major prophets about Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. But today, we're just going to talk about Isaiah, who wrote the book of Isaiah. By the way, Isaiah's book is one of the longest books in the Bible, having 66 chapters. Okay, then, about Isaiah. Isaiah's name means, Isaiah's name means, Jehovah has saved in the Hebrew. Jewish language. Jehovah is the personal name of God, so Isaiah's name means God has saved. In his book, Isaiah tells many different prophecies that the Lord told him. All kinds of prophecies about different subjects. Some of his prophecies are about the Lord Jesus. Others are warnings not only to the Jewish kingdom of Judah, but to other countries as well, to Babylon, to Moab, to Egypt, to Ethiopia, and to other countries. Yet other prophecies Isaiah wrote are to encourage people. But what do we know about the prophet Isaiah himself? Well, Isaiah was a Jew and he wrote his prophecies over a period of about 60 years, from about 760 to 700 years before Jesus came to earth. This was a long time after the land of the Jews had divided into two kingdoms, wasn't it? Yes, the land of the Jews had divided into the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah, and Isaiah lived in the southern kingdom of Judah. Isaiah's father's name was Amos, but that is all we know about his parents. Isaiah lived during the reign of four of the kingdoms of Judah. These four kings were Isaiah, Jothan, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Now, the Bible tells us 
when Isaiah first became a prophet. And that is very interesting. So let's talk about that first, okay? It happened in the year that King Isaiah died. Well, one day, Isaiah saw something very exciting. Isaiah was in the temple when he saw this, which may mean that Isaiah was a priest. But what did Isaiah see? Why, Isaiah saw the Lord. Yes, he saw the Lord, and the Lord was sitting on a throne there in the temple, and the train of the Lord's robe, the bottom part of the robe, filled the temple. And Isaiah saw seraphim above the Lord's throne. I've told you about seraphim before, haven't I? The seraphim each had six wings. With two of their wings, they covered their faces. With two of their wings, they covered their feet. And they used the last two wings to fly. And they were calling to each other calling in such loud voices that the doorpost shook. But what were the seraphim shouting? They were shouting, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. The seraphim were praising the Lord God, weren't they? And smoke filled the whole place as they were shouting. Wow! And this all scared Isaiah. I don't blame him for being scared, do you? And Isaiah said, Woe is me! I'm going to die because I am a man with unclean lips, and I live in the middle of people with unclean lips, and I have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Now, what did Isaiah mean about unclean lips? He meant that he knew he was a sinner, and that he said things he shouldn't say, and that everyone else did too. And yet, there he was, actually looking at the sinless, holy Lord God. Holy means set apart, something very special. But just then one of the seraphim flew over to the altar and took the tongs, And with the tongs, the seraph picked up a burning coal from off of the altar. This would have been the altar of incense that was inside of the temple. Then the seraph put the coal on Isaiah's mouth. And the seraph said, Look, this has touched your lips, and your uncleanness is gone. Now, I don't think that the coal actually burned Isaiah's mouth or hurt him. No, the seraphs doing this was a sort of picture of making Isaiah clean before the Lord. Fire can kill germs, make things clean, can't it? So we might say that this was sort of a picture of killing Isaiah's uncleanness, burning it away. Then Isaiah heard the voice of the Lord speaking. The Lord said, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said to the Lord, Here am I, send me. Then the Lord gave Isaiah a prophecy 
that Isaiah was to go and tell the Jewish people. The Lord said that Isaiah was to warn them about how bad they were being. But then the Lord told Isaiah that the people wouldn't pay any attention to this warning. They would keep on being bad. But Isaiah was to warn them anyway. And the Lord told Isaiah to tell the people that they would be captured by enemies and taken far away, but that after a while some of them would come back. But why would the Jews be captured and taken far away? Yes, because they wouldn't pay any attention to the warning that the prophet Isaiah would give them from the Lord. They weren't going to stop being bad. But notice that the prophecy also says that after a while, some of them would come back. So, Isaiah had seen the Lord in the temple, and this was the beginning of Isaiah's being a prophet. Well, the Bible goes on to tell us that Isaiah was married and had two sons. And he gave his sons long names, and these names were prophecies in Isaiah's language. Imagine having a name that was a prophecy. Isaiah named one of his sons Shear Joshub. Then later, Isaiah and his wife had a second son, and the Lord told him to name this other son Maher Shalahashbah. I hope I'm pronouncing these two names correctly, but I'm not sure. But what do these two prophecy names mean? Well, Shear Hashab means a remnant shall return. It is an encouraging name. But Maher Shalab Hashbaz is not encouraging. It means quick to the looting. It is a prophecy to tell the Jews that at a later time they would be captured by enemies who would take their things. But to go on with our story. Well, a few years after Isaiah had seen the Lord in the temple, two bad kings got their armies together and went to fight against Jerusalem in the land of Judah. You remember, don't you, that Jerusalem is where the temple of the Lord was. Ahaz was the king of Judah at that time, and Ahaz lived in Jerusalem. Don't confuse King Ahaz of the kingdom of Judah with the wicked king Ahab of the kingdom of Israel. They were two different men. Anyway, King Ahaz and the people of Jerusalem were all scared because of the big armies that had come against them. Then the Lord told Isaiah, Take your son, Shear Hashab, and go meet Ahaz. And the Lord told Isaiah just where King Ahaz was. And the Lord said to Isaiah, You tell Ahaz that the Lord says for him not to be afraid of these armies. They are not going to win against him. Tell him to believe what I say. So Isaiah took his son 
and met the king and told him what the Lord had said, that he wasn't to be afraid, because the bad kings would not win. Then Isaiah also said to Ahaz, The Lord says for you to ask him for a sign. That would be a sign so that Ahaz would believe what Isaiah was telling him that the Lord had really said this. But Ahaz said, Oh, I don't want to ask. I don't want to test the Lord. Isaiah didn't seem to like Ahaz's answer, because then he said to Ahaz, Isn't it enough that you make men tired? Are you trying to make my God tired too? Then Isaiah said to Ahaz, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will have a son and call his name Emmanuel, and the land you hate will lose both of her kings, and later the Assyrians will come and destroy this land. Yes, here was a prophecy that the land would be destroyed, and it is a little confusing. But Isaiah had his son, Shear Hashab, with him, didn't he? And what had we said Shear Hashab's name meant? Yes, his name meant that some would come back. So, even though Isaiah was prophesying the destruction of Judah and Jerusalem, he was encouraging Ahaz that it wasn't going to happen at that time, and that when it did happen, then later that some of the Jews would be able to come back to the land of Judah. But when Isaiah gave the sign, the prophecy about the virgin having a son who would be called Emmanuel, what was he talking about? That's right. He was talking about what we call the Christmas story, wasn't he? About when the Virgin Mary would give birth to Jesus. But was Jesus named Emmanuel? No, he was named Jesus. But Emmanuel is a word in the Hebrew Jewish language that means God with us. And when Jesus was on earth, God was with us, wasn't he? Yes, Jesus, the Son of God, was really with people then. About thirty years after Isaiah gave that prophecy, there is another very interesting true story about another time when Isaiah prophesied. By then, Hezekiah was the king of Judah. This time there was a different bad man, whose name was Sennacherib, and he was the king of the Assyrians. And Sennacherib was going all over and fighting against other countries and conquering them. Well, the northern kingdom of Israel had been worshipping idols for years. The Lord had sent them many prophets to warn them about this and to tell them what would happen if they didn't stop their idolatry. But they didn't pay any attention to the Lord's prophets. So the Lord had let Sennacherib come and fight against the kingdom of Israel and win, capturing it and taking the people away as captives. After that, Sennacherib fought against and captured a lot of cities in the southern kingdom of Judah. And then finally, 
Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came to the city of Jerusalem with a big army, and he sent a man named Rabshakeh to talk to King Hezekiah. Hezekiah didn't go himself, but he sent three of his important helpers, Eliakim and Shebna and Joab, to hear what Rabshakeh had to say. And Rabshakeh said to Eliakim, Sheba, and Joab, You go tell Hezekiah what the great king of Assyrians has to say. He asks, Are you trusting in Egypt to defend you? Egypt can't do anything for you. Or are you trusting in the Lord to defend you? Why, the Lord can't help you. Now, the city of Jerusalem had a big wall around it, and there were a lot of the Jews up on this wall, listening to what was going on. Then Rabshakeh said to all of the people on the wall, he said, Don't believe Hezekiah when he says that the Lord will help you. Instead, my king says for you to come surrender to him, and everything will be all right, and he will take you away to a good land. Rabshakeh kept talking to the Jews up on the wall. He said, Don't pay any attention to Hezekiah when he says that the Lord will deliver you. Why, we conquered other lands, and did their gods deliver them? No, their gods couldn't help them. So why should your God the Lord help you? Now, the other lands that the Assyrians had conquered didn't worship the Lord God. No, they worshipped what they said were gods, but these were just false gods, not really gods at all. They were just something that the countries had made up. And the men there had made idols out of wood or stone, and they worshipped those. This was not only very wicked, it was foolish too, because, of course, those false gods couldn't have helped them, could they? After all, they weren't real. But the Lord God is real, and he is powerful, and he is the only God, isn't he? So he is the only one that we should worship, right? And here Rabshakeh was saying bad things about the Lord God. So let's go on and see what happens. Well, King Hezekiah had told the Jews who were up on the wall of Jerusalem and were hearing Rabshakeh that they shouldn't answer Rabshakeh. So they didn't say anything back to him. Well, after hearing the bad things that Rabshakeh was saying, Eliakim and Shebna and Joab tore their clothes. This showed they were very upset. And they went to King Hezekiah and told him what Rabshakeh had said. When Hezekiah heard this, he also tore his clothes and he put on sackcloth. That is a way of showing that the king was humble and upset and sad. Then Hezekiah went to the Lord's temple. Eliakim and Shebna and the leaders of the priests of the Lord put on sackcloth too. And Hezekiah sent them to the prophet Isaiah. King Hezekiah was being wise, wasn't he? Yes, 
He was humbly turning to the Lord to help him. Then Eliakim and Shebna and the priests told Isaiah, Hezekiah says, This is a day of trouble and of blasphemy. Blasphemy means that wicked lies were being told about the Lord God. And they said to Isaiah, It may be that the Lord your God will pay attention to what Rabshakeh has said about the living God and will punish him. So please pray to the Lord your God for us. Now, of course the Lord wasn't just Isaiah's God, was he? No, but this is a polite way for them to talk to the prophet Isaiah. Oh, and notice they said, living God. That means that the Lord God is alive, is real. Then Isaiah said to Eliakim and the others, This is what you are to tell your master, the king. The Lord says, Don't be afraid because of what you heard when the king of Assyria blasphemed me. And Isaiah said, The Lord says, Look here, I will make it so that the king of Assyria will hear some sort of news and he will go back to Assyria and I will have him die by the sword there in his own land. Wow! But if the Lord's prophet said this would happen, it would happen, right? So let's see how it happened. Well, when Rabshakeh went back to report to Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, he saw that Sennacherib had left and gone somewhere else. Why? Because someone had told him that the king of Ethiopia had come to fight against him. Then Rabshakeh wrote down all the bad things that he had said about the Lord. Yes, he wrote a letter saying that the Lord was no better than the false gods of the other countries and that the Lord couldn't help the Jews. And then Rabshakeh sent this letter to King Hezekiah. It was a letter full of blasphemy against the Lord God, wasn't it? Uh Uh-oh. Well, when Hezekiah read this terrible letter, he went up to the temple and he spread the letter out there and he prayed to the Lord. Hezekiah said, O Lord God of Israel, who lives between the cherubim, you are the God, the only God of all the kingdoms in the earth. You have made heaven and earth. And Hezekiah kept praying, Lord, listen to and see what Sennacherib has said against you. He has destroyed other countries and thrown their gods in the fire. Those gods were made by men, made of wood and stone, and were destroyed. Now therefore, O Lord our God, please save us from Sennacherib, so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, that only you are God. Then the prophet Isaiah sent word to Hezekiah, saying, This is what the Lord has said. He says, I have heard what you are praying. He has blasphemed me, and I know it, and he will not come into Jerusalem, nor even shoot any arrows into it, nor fight against it. He will go back home. I will defend the city to save it. Then 
Guess what the Lord did? Why, in the night, the angel of the Lord went out and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. And when the rest got up in the morning, they found all of those dead soldiers. So Sennacherib went back home. But earlier the Lord had said that Sennacherib would be killed with a sword in his own land, hadn't he? And if the Lord said something will happen, it does happen, doesn't it? So, one day, Sennacherib was worshipping his false god in the idol's temple there in Assyria, and two of his own sons came in and killed Sennacherib with a sword. Well, King Hezekiah got very, very sick, and the prophet Isaiah went to Hezekiah and said to him, Get ready, for the Lord says you are going to die. Then Hezekiah turned over in bed with his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. He said, O Lord, remember that I have followed you and have done good things that you liked. And Hezekiah began crying. Then the Lord spoke to Isaiah, saying, Go and tell Hezekiah, The Lord says he has heard your prayer and seen your tears. Behold, I will let you live for fifteen more years. Also, I will protect Jerusalem from the king of Assyria and will defend this city. And the Lord told Isaiah to tell Hezekiah, The Lord says that he will give you a sign so that you will know that he will do what he said. Behold, the Lord will turn the shadow on the dial back ten degrees. Now, what does that mean, turn the shadow of the dial back? And what is a dial? Well, this is talking about a sun dial. A sun dial is a way of telling time. But what is a sun dial? Well, there is a flat surface called the dial. The dial has the hours of the day marked on it. Then there is something skinny sticking up on the dial. This is called a gnomon. And then the dial is put out in the sun. A sun dial. Then during the day when the sun is out, the gnomon would make a shadow on the face of the dial, wouldn't it? Well, as the day goes on, the sun is in different parts of the sky, isn't it? So that means that the shadow from the gnomon would be on different parts of the dial during the different parts of the day that the shadow slowly moves forward across the face of the dial, right? And that's how they can tell time, by where the shadow from the sun is on the dial. And that shadow always moves in the same direction. Why? because the sun always moves in the same direction across the sky. But the Lord said that the shadow would move backwards a certain amount, didn't he? Why, that was be as if you were looking at a regular clock, and suddenly the hands started going backwards by themselves instead of forwards. So the shadow from the sun on the sundial moving backwards was a miracle, wasn't it? 
a miracle that was a sign to King Hezekiah that he would live fifteen more years. And as the Lord said, Hezekiah got well and lived fifteen more years. Well, Isaiah wrote about the lives of some of the kings of Judah, about the life of Uzziah and the life of Hezekiah. We can read about them in the Bible. And Isaiah wrote down many different kinds of prophecies in his book. Some were prophecies that were warnings. Some were words of comfort. Many were about the Messiah, the Savior that would come. But who is the Messiah, the Savior? Yes, the Lord Jesus Christ is the Savior, the Messiah. Messiah is the Hebrew word for Christ. In fact, in the New Testament, it tells about some of Isaiah's prophecies that were fulfilled in the true stories of Jesus when he was here on earth. Remember John the Baptist? He taught in the wilderness about Jesus, didn't he? Well, 700 years before John the Baptist, Isaiah had prophesied about John the Baptist. And in the Gospel of Matthew, it even quotes Isaiah's prophecy. Matthew says about John the Baptist, This is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. That voice was John the Baptist, as he was out in the wilderness, talking about Jesus who was coming. Yes, and John the Baptist was getting the people ready for Jesus, preparing the way of the Lord, wasn't he? Then, when Jesus was healing people, Matthew again says, this was a fulfillment of one of Isaiah's prophecies. And also, remember one day when Jesus was in the synagogue, he read to the people there a prophecy from Isaiah, and he told them that Isaiah had been talking about him. And Isaiah wrote a whole short chapter, chapter 53 about Jesus when he would die for our sins, and also told that Jesus would be made alive again, be resurrected. And remember in the New Testament, in the book of Acts, when it tells about Philip and the important man from Ethiopia? The man was riding in his chariot and was reading from the book of Isaiah, wasn't he? But he didn't understand it. So Philip explained it to him. And then the man believed in Jesus and was baptized. And this that Philip had explained to the man had all been written by Isaiah 700 years before. Isaiah also prophesied about when Jesus will come back to earth someday. Now, I said that Isaiah told about when Jesus would die to save people. But from what does Jesus save them? And who does he save? Why, Jesus, the Son of God, saves people who trust in him, saves them from their sins, doesn't he? Then someday they can go be with him in heaven. In fact, that is the reason Jesus came into the world, isn't it? He came so that he could die on the cross to pay for our sins if we trusted in him. But did he stay dead? 
No. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead, was resurrected, and he is still alive in heaven now. And that is the gospel, isn't it? Yes, that is what a person believes in order to be saved from his sins and be able to be with the Lord someday. The person believes that Jesus died for our sins, was buried, and then was alive again. And the person trusts in Jesus, that Jesus will save him from his sins. And why did Jesus leave heaven and come to earth and die for us? Yes, because he loves us very much. Oh, and when Jesus, the Son of God, was here on earth, making a way to save us, he was Emmanuel, God with us, wasn't he? But will Jesus be Emmanuel, God with us again? Yes. Someday the Lord Jesus is coming back to earth. He will be king of everyone and everything. And those who have believed in Jesus will be with him. And Isaiah also prophesied about when Jesus would come back as king. Yes, Jesus is Emmanuel and also the Messiah. Now, here is something. <clears throat> now, here is something else that is interesting. About 400 years ago, a man named George Frederick Handel wrote a beautiful piece of music with words to it. The piece of music was called Messiah. Was called Messiah. Yes. The words are about Jesus, since Jesus is the Messiah. This piece of music, this song, is very long, close to three hours long. And it has three parts. During the first two parts of the music, Handel used more than 20 verses from the book of Isaiah to be sung. Verses that the prophet Isaiah had written over 2,000 years before. <clears throat> and these verses that Handel used from the book of Isaiah were about when Jesus would be born and miracles that Jesus would do and when he would die for our sins. Way back then, the prophet Isaiah had said that he wrote those verses in the Bible to comfort the Lord's people. And now we can hear those verses from the Bible. Now, and now we can hear these verses from the book of Isaiah when Handel's Messiah is sung. Oh, and another very interesting thing. About 70 years ago, when I was in high school, some ancient scrolls were found in caves near the Dead Sea. Were found in caves near the Dead Sea. Now, another time I told you about how a shepherd boy found them, didn't I? And do you remember what one of those scrolls was? Yes, one of the scrolls was the entire long book of Isaiah 
that the prophet Isaiah had written over 2,500 years ago. And that ancient scroll, when translated, and that ancient scroll, when translated into English, is like what we have in our Bibles today. Yes, Isaiah was a mighty prophet, wasn't he? He was the first of the four major prophets, and he was a prophet for many years. Isaiah lived during the time of four of the kings of Judah, and he wrote down things that happened to these kings, what we call history. And he also wrote down many prophecies that the Lord gave to him. And Isaiah is quoted in the New Testament many, many times. Now, we can look back in history and see that many of Isaiah's prophecies have already come true, been fulfilled, can't we? So we know that Isaiah was a true prophet of the Lord. And we can know that someday the other prophecies, the one about the Lord Jesus coming back to earth someday, will also come true, be fulfilled, can't we? I hope you enjoyed hearing today just a little about the prophet Isaiah.